first date. You know, it's like a humiliating story for Craig, and he's got to pretend that it's ha ha ha. So they're just talking about dumb boys and Craig's first date. And then Frankie Avalon whispers in Craig's ear, boy, that Kinsey was a liar. You know, the sex report. Where's Frankie? Kinsey, Dr. Kinsey. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, well, that's topical. I didn't get it's that because it's a 55-year-old yeah. reference. Well, it's surprising. Like, they, uh, it's all about sex, I guess, all the references. So what's going to happen now is they're going to try to leave, but the chaperone, uh, you know, our horn-rimmed glasses guy, locks the door. Good night, ladies, and locks the door. So they're stuck in there. So they break the third wall. He goes... Fourth wall. Fourth wall. He goes, what do we do now? And he goes, well, what's the average age of our audience? And he goes, 15. He goes, well, in that case, we leave. Man, I I guess do fifteen year olds watch this? I know fifty one year olds do. If it was one year olds, they would bang all the girls. But it's only fifteen year olds, so we better leave. Right. And then when they show it on Detroit television seventy years later, they'll have like AARP ads in it. Right. But how do you know? Yeah. Michigan is a big state. Well, I mean, like this, I, I'm interested in this Detroit. I would love to to learn more, especially if they were showing just movies like this. Right. Even if this was like ten years ago, that's pretty good. You, you're not gonna have a chance to see a film like this. He goes, Probably why we have this copy. Fourth wall broken for the first time. Well, they also had the announcer come in. The narrator. Yeah, I guess that counts. But I mean, you really hate it when the actor does it. And he looks at the camera's eye, uh, you know, looks into the eye of the camera. I... Well, listen, can we, can we table that? Because I want to know more about my Medicare Advantage plan. I need one that is... Not two in one and not one in one, but something that maybe is all in one and has drug money. Also, it should save you money. Drug money. Well, I drug think money. what you really <laughs> want is uh, the free guide. Uh, it's Medicare Advantage Place uh, plan from Humera. Humera. And you can write or call for the free guide. And, Mike, there's no obligation. There's no obligation. But if it's unaffordable and biweekly, it's not really the premium plan I want. They're not going to sell you what you don't need, Mike, okay? The Advantage plan for Humera is tailored to your needs, okay? It's Medicare. It's Medicare. But what should I call? Well, is there an obligation? You should call now. No, there's no obligation. When you should call is now. Or you could TTY 7-Eleven. I like how it says call now, but it's, uh, you know, 9 to 5 p.m. <laughs> Oh, operators are standing by me. Oh. Listen, I just want to see an average Joe. Maybe he works at the fire department, police department. Okay, just so average this Joe's. is a cop who was 480 pounds, but luckily he got weight loss surgery, uh, and he's down to 200 and something, and he's getting <laughs> lower. 
Like he didn't look. He's going to the kid and not the snack machine. Right. He's doing pretty good. Very big change. <laughs> and I'll move it for you. He's uh, I need quarters. <laughs> the machine took my dollar. There's a cookie stuck in the spiral. I need you to go down and shake the machine for me. Barracks clinics. What a weird task. And it can help you too. Weight loss surgery. Yeah, but it's going to go into, how can I afford my own funeral though if I get weight loss surgery as well? Right. If you get the affordable death plan, you can, you can afford it. Well, but is there going to be higher biweekly uh, premiums? Uh, no, they'll be lower and you can stop paying the overpriced uh, funeral expenses insurance you have now. Call Senior Life. Okay, but not if there's a medical plan. Uh, there's no medical, uh, there's no medical, uh, what's it called? There's no medical appointment, no medical check, and you get free magnetic oh. glasses. Oh, that's cool, like super rare. Yeah, if you put on free magnetic glasses, you stare at metal. <laughs> Your eyes are just drawn to the metal in the room. If you put those glasses on and then you check your time, your clock, your watch will go backwards. <laughs> it'll it'll erase your debit cards. Okay, now June. Now, here he is. The famous voiceover artist is here again. Let's see. Rocky Bullwinkle. Yeah. Okay, so what it is is Miss Sally is calling, saying that her wigs have been stolen. Okay. And they're hot on the wig market. And we know who stole them, of course. It's, uh, you know, Jane and Nora. It's Craig and Todd. Oh, you, you mean Craig and Todd, yeah. Uh, becoming Jane. Craig and Todd stole them. Uh-oh, here comes Al Pacino. Better run. What I love about June Ferreira, beautiful, I know yeah. I said it before, she made it to 100. She died at 100. That's when you win life. That's when you beat life. Well, she was Smurfette, wasn't she? I mean, she was she was Rocky. She was Smurfette. She uh, was on no. Joe Piscopo's comedy album from the eighties. Yeah, Jane Paul, Jane Fallon. Oh, it sounds she like married you know, Gary Trudeau. Maybe you're right. I mean, I only know her from Disney movies, like being the princesses and Cinderella and stuff. She had a lot of Disney voiceover work. I think she was Smurfette. And there's also Jane, so not to be confused with Jane Pally the, from Good Morning America. This is June Foray. June Foray. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so today is the last day of the girls' skiing lessons, and they can get over this some like it hot routine, he's saying. Oh, yeah, right. Now, do you remember their plot to make uh um, the, uh, Mr. What's his name? Darn it. Our horned rim get I'm to say, I don't remember. Guy. They want to make him uh cuckoo. So he can't chaperone them with the girls. Um, and so he's now doing more like, let's drive him crazy. Why did I lose this guy's name? Robert Q. Lewis as Mr. Peevney. Mr. Peevney. Say, would you 
Carl, will you stop with that Hiroshi's accent, all right? It's not funny. <laughs> will you mail this for me, please? I will take that as a yes. Uh, I'm going crazy. Listen, I'm just junkie public. No relation to junkie public. Mush. That was a good movie. Did you? Mush. What do you want for breakfast? Mush. All the children. By the way, those are... Fifteen children in fifteen different dogs' uh, outfits for that scene. They oh. couldn't get the polar bear uh, animal trainer. They weren't gidget. So they had to wear costumes. Gotcha. Yeah. Like in Peter. They weren't gidgets. No, was fifty gidgets. Fifty gidgets there. So now Nita, they're asking Nita, like, what's wrong with American girls? And she was like, I was just going to ask you the same thing. They're trying to find out more about girls, like, as if they're girls. And American girls are there. They play games, and all they do is talk. Not like in Sweden. She's right. flying where we just have sex. Right. Have you seen the Swedish movie? Yeah. Well, there's X-rated ones, and then there's regular ones. Now, back uh, back in our day, Sweden started it all in the seventies. Right. Well, there's two famous political films. I'm Curious Orange and I'm Curious Yellow. Uh -huh. And there's always like this like appeal of sex. I think one of them was in Taxi Driver. Oh, I forgot the movie that was in Taxi Driver. But it's mostly like, you know, political, uh, topical political uprising in Sweden. So it was, you know, kind of a bait and switch. Oh, yeah. They lured you with the sex. <laughs> yeah. They you, baited you. Come, you come for the sex, you stay for the politics. So now they've learned they that uh, Nita has another Swedish friend named Helga who works in town. And so Frankie Avalon, again, he gets a great idea. He says, if we double date with Helga and Nita, our girlfriends will get jealous. And that's Freddie's technique. If the girls want you, then other girls want you. Right. That is a Freddie style. Mm -hmm. So they're... So he goes, okay, we'll go on the date, but I get Nita, not Helga. And he goes, you don't know if Helga could be beautiful. So they ask Nita, what's Helga like? You'll like her. She's a lot of fun. She has a great personality. Nice personality. Yeah. Even in 1965. Okay. So he's going away to come back as Todd in 10 minutes to ask the date. And now we're going to break the fourth wall again. Watch, watch. All right. Look, uh, have a Coke or something. Nothing's going to happen for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> so he told the audience to go <laughs> go get a Coke. But I he, still did it. But he's wrong that nothing's going to happen because Freddie slinks up on Nora. Suggesting they oh, go yeah. to the ride together. He said, I gotta go to the theater manager. The movie told me to take over to the concession stand and I missed the most important part. Yes, that's right. The ski the ski hilar the sled hilarity when he's out of control. So he's like buzz off and he goes, I bought you cocoa. And so now Nora is starting to warm up. Never mind that he's a guy, he's starting to warm really? up to uh, Freddie. Frankie. Frank, no, Freddie. Fred. Are you right. mixing Character Frankie Freddy. Avalon? 
Well, I thought the character's name was Frankie, and then I realized it's impossible in a Frankie Avalon movie to have a car- other yeah. character other than Frankie named Frankie. So, Nora likes that he got brought Coco. You know, it's all right, I'll go right. on a sleigh ride with you. I mean, a sled ride with you. Bonk. Sure it's not urine from the last, uh, the callback? It's possible. Oh, here you go. Oh, it's not a sled ride. He's cruel to women. No, no, no. He makes a mistake. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> but she thinks, or he thinks, that Freddy is on, and he's talking to Freddy, and he litters. I know. I cried. That polar bear is sad. By the way, that polar bear, big Coke addict, and I'm not talking the beverage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and all that snow. <laughs> Just like no, in... What was that movie with John Cusack? Better Off Dead. Oh, right. Really? Better Off Dead. What's so look, the street value of this mountain? Frankie's trying to drive him crazy, so Frankie slips a wig on Mr. Peavy's head. That's not his name. Well, so how many ski movies? I've seen some funny ski movies. There's the, the spiritual prequel to Hamburger, the movie. There's Hot Dog, the movie. Right. There's Ski School 1 and 2 with, with Dean Cameron. Uh, I guess uh, uh, Better Off Dead is a big uh, ski yeah, movie. Yeah, that's, that's a, got a ski premise. And, yeah, ham, ham, Hot Dog, the movie. Yeah, that's the cult one you and I saw. Uh, we saw Hamburger the movie. Uh, what does the Oh no, you're right. We did see downhill or what was that? Oh right, we did see that one. We did. It was uh, yeah, it was some crazy downhill. And South Park made a parody of it. And, yes. Uh, have you seen Force Majeure? This is a film about a family that goes on a ski trip, yeah. and suddenly there's an avalanche. It was made into a a, a Will Ferrell Julia Louise Dreyfus movie this year. Do you recommend it? I do. I absolutely do. I'm not going to give away the the ending or the middle, but everyone familiar with the movie knows the the twist in it, but it's really funny. So Yeah, it's good. It's worth it. So Frankie Avalon slipped the wig on his head, and now he thinks that, you know, he keeps having this dream. He tells his psychoanalyst that his mother wishes he was born a girl, and now he's like, I'm a girl! And now he thinks it's catching. He thinks it's contagious. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? Is he like uh, DJ or something? Oh, no, right. It's the John Key Public. He yeah, it's... Um... Oh, gosh. Here it is. Robert Q. Lewis as Mr. Peevney. So, oh, look. The polar bear even hands yeah. out hot co- cocoa. I would not, he because then when you drink it, he'll slash you. He's yodeling. I check out your ass. Right. He's checking out her ass. Okay, so now it's step one of their plot. On purpose, Frankie is asking questions as if he's a reporter kind of thing for a school newspaper, but it's all so that the girlfriends <laughs> can overhear. Oh, wow. That is some bad journalism. Fake news. Fake news. He's just trying to to make his girl jealous. Right. 
Good kid, it. So right now she's saying good, like, good. like um, we have eight months of night in Sweden. And he's like, what do you do? Do you do this? Do you do that? They say, no, no, no. And the implication is all they do is have sex in the dark. Right. They don't have televisions. Right. PlayStation wasn't invented back then. Which we know from COVID. But I do now. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's plenty of things to do in the dark. There's PlayStation. She goes, what, do you, what did you ever see in him? And she goes, I don't know. But I do know now. Because now she's starting to like want him back. Oh, something. right. It's working. Yeah, Plan's working. He should sing a song. <laughs> uh, we'll be back after this. After Sarah this. Michelle Geller. Hi. Oh, it's this, right? Yeah. You probably have to poke your face and stick it and then brush it, and it's still there. Yeah. Well, my sex cult has come up with a new formula. Oops, I mean, mm-hmm. my paid sponsorship. Oh, it's concealer. It's, it's not it's even a, medication. It's a medical concealer. See, if you have a blemish, you put concealer on, but that just makes the blemish worse. I you do. More. I know. I dust it. I damp it. I brush it. Mm-hmm. So what we got here yeah. is a medical concealer. So when you put on the concealer, it's actually healing your blemish. I need to, I need a second opinion. Do you have any outside testimonials? No, it's a commercial. <laughs> well, what about Sarita and Amanda? And, uh... Oh, you're saying? Hey, did you hear the great news? Itself, yes. Yeah, they have opinions, and they're all for the medical concealer, the repairing concealer. Well, do I get a free gift at least? Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, get I got a repair. <laughs> well, what's Megan's opinion about it? Because I know she was like, she looked pizza face. Oh, that's Pizza Face. I, I didn't know her name was Mel. Uh, pizza Face frowns and Concealer Girl smiles. Right. That's before and after. Yeah. God, that's a lot of stuff to put on your face. You ever see the before yeah, and after? And it's two. clearly not the same person. Right. Well, yeah. it's usually like before, it's like a fat guy waiting for the bus, and then afterwards, it's this buff guy lifting a bus. <laughs> free shipping you know mike nothing captures right, one, eight, this moment like a photo that's why i use vistaprint oh here it is yeah so well tell me because i have so many summer memories and awesome adventures and affordable moments that i just don't know how to print them into a card mm-hmm. vistaprint that's how i made my hanukkah cards vistaprint <laughs> well yeah, your Arbol Day card was terrific. I, it was a picture of you in a tree. Happy Sukkot. Is it some style, some sizes? Is it some paper stock? Because otherwise... No, it's all paper stock. It's all sizes. All right. Hang on, hang on. I'm an American eligible for Medicare. I need someone's calling for oh, my attention. Are? That's good because the deadline yeah, is some... days away. Uh, December 6, 2016. Listen, what you should do is you should well, listen to Dr. Martin Giza and call health markets. They have unbiased opinion that will help you make the right choice. What's the right plan for you? 
Well, I do want to update my plans and do it at no cost yeah. or lower my cost. Yeah, call health markets. Well, Carl, I'm not doing this if it's automatic. I'm just, it's, that's not planned. It would still rewrite for me. It's not automatic. You've got to make the choice. And how can you with all the complicated Medicare A, B, Q? You should really call uh, health markets and take. Doctors. What, for dumb biased opinions? Unbi I don't want dumb biased opinions. <laughs> dumb biased opinion. Oh, no, because no, it says smart, unbiased opinion. Uh huh. Well, if you want, well, can I choose my own adventure? You want it to cover more and cost less. What does uh, an actor say about it? <laughs> yeah, right. Tried shopping on my own and got nowhere fast. Health markets takes away the confusion. See, that's the way to go. Are oh. you a dummy? Well, yes. Now, I wish these Oh, the delay is December 7th. Because we're about to see James Brown. If we could just fast forward through these commercials. Oh, uh, just come on. I know. Well, this, this uh, again, this is a one hour and 59 minute video. So we will be. Uh, the Ampact Show. I couldn't even take my time to say it because I have. The, part of the, that extra minutes at the end is the commercials. Okay, so we'll bail out at them. Yeah. So. Here we go. All right. Yeah, now I'm the only person on this whole planet who doesn't like the song I Feel Good. Right. It would have been nice. He had other songs back then. It would have been nice to see him do another song. But it's a good song. Well, it's his big hit, all... and AIP was very lucky to get it. He had done a movie called The Tammy Show. It's, uh -huh. uh, it's capital T-A-M-I. And I think it's like Teenage America Music uh, oh. International, and it was a it was a closed circuit live presentation sent through satellite to certain uh, theaters, and it was a live music show, and it ended with James Brown and it's a phenomenal performance, and he just you know he stands apart. Oh, so did his bus break down and he had to go to the ski resort? No, they are the ski patrol, and they just brought back Mr. Mr. Peevney. Oh, right. And so they came to get their St. Bernard's refilled the drinks. Oh, yeah. That's his Blues Brothers 2000 as James Brown lit up a uh, movie screen. Now he's introducing the flame Blues. by name, Lloyd, Bobby, and Bobby. Nice. Out of sight. Was the flames, uh, that wasn't his big group, right? Yeah. Here we go. Wow. So James Brown and the Fabulous Flames was the one who recorded I Got You, which everyone knows is I Feel Good. Oh, it's not called I Feel Good, it's called I Got You. Look at that sweater. I didn't know that. Wow, look. I know. It is it's a sweater no less. Now he James Brown said, I felt like I was in a straitjacket during his appearance here. I don't know why he says that. Like he didn't well, the, the ski party is more segregated than the gray. The ski party is more segregated than the Greyhound bus ride over. That's for sure. Yeah, part of the the implied joke here was that like they're an all black ski can, ski patrol, you know, in this white bread resort. Oh. 
but he didn't. He just happened to be James Brown in the play. No. James Bren Brown never split his pants before when he did his, you know, his his signature split at the end of songs. Yeah. But he he splits his pants when he does it. Wow. Yeah. That's because American International pants are so cheap. Yes. AIPs. American International pants. Picture I just pants. think the song is so quirky and jerky. I feel good. And it's a horrible well, saxophone player. Is this, uh, is this not the version that's embedded in my head? It's the like famous version, version on, of the radio, yes. I got you! Jerky! Listen to the sax, Mike. Oh, they'll leave it. You but hate that, huh? It's like a one minute 45 version, a 45 second version, and we're about to see him split his pants, but he plays it off like it didn't even happen. But it was in his memoirs. Rip! Does he go to James Brown? Uh, it just uh, happened. Oh, man. Well, I'll be honest. My computer crashed on me. Did it? Should I pause? Yeah, go ahead and pause. All right. I'm just waiting for it to... I'm, I just turned on the browser. Sorry, audience. We're going to take a breather from James Brown. the worst when we... James... Yeah, it's just, you know, Mutiny Radio Studio. Where, where are you at, Carl? Okay, one minute. I mean, an hour, thir- an hour 13 minutes and 23. 13.23 I'm at. Okay, perfect. You have to count me up. Okay, sounds good. Rip his pants. So good. good. Gonna rip my pants. Count me up now. Okay, hang on a sec. Gonna rip those pants. Oh, oh, and the snow went in his balls. All right, I'm at 17, 18, 19, 20, 3, 2, 1, go. They're having a, a post-James Brown beach party, uh, right. tea party. Playing cards. You know, I just read that the NBA passed out new rules for the, uh, their players, and they said during practice, if you play playing cards, you need to dispose the deck after every game. Really? Yeah, for COVID. You can't, you can't use the same plain deck of playing cards twice. So Freddie is upset because Nora's lost in the wilderness. You know, he let him go, he let her go on the sled. And then um, Barbara is very mad because Craig disappeared for 20 hours Nobody saw him, and Nora was going in and out of his room. Clearly, he's with Nora. Oh, right. So he's, she's huffing off. And Freddie is jealous. Wow, Freddie's head over heels over Nora. Yes. So now Freddie gets a great idea. He knows that these guys have no guts. They haven't skied once. So he challenges them to a ski jump 
And Frankie Avalon will do it to impress Nita, which is not... See, Nita offers, if you win, we'll play the American game, spin the bottle, and then Frankie Avalon breaks the fourth wall and says to the audience, well, this yeah. is an American film. <laughs> Maybe they just ran. Well, I mean, you know what? I, I like breaking the fourth wall. I'm a you big do? fan of Hope and Crosby. Cos yeah, like the Road 2 movies with Bob Hope, and they're all like, the fish got 15 lines, the me, just two. There was a scene where uh, 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 they're fishing, uh, Bing is fishing, and then uh, Bob goes in the boat and the fish, uh, fish pops up and says a joke. And then later in the movie, the, a polar bear chases Bob. This is in Road to Utopia. And uh, after the chase, the bear shows the camera and goes, the fish got a line, but I don't. So, okay, listen, I've oh. watched movies with you every single week for four years or right. something, and you always, when they break the fourth wall, you go, oh my god, this film isn't grounded. No, but it, and you complain about no, but it. it. You're switching. I know, but they do, they, the way they break the wall is that they go, they give a look like, can you believe it? Look. Like, yeah. And unless you're Bugs Bunny or Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, it just doesn't work. Ah, you know? that's why. Like, you're not Bugs Bunny. You're not you're not Eddie Murphy. You know how Eddie will look into the camera like you know, pork bellies come from pigs, and he gives a look to the camera. Right, it's, it works, you know, and it's and it's held in. But if fucking Richard Grieco does it or Blaine Hickman, it doesn't really work for me. <laughs> I, okay, I, I consider lazy writing. You know, I, I'm all for the meta joke myself, but you know. So now Frankie Avalon has been roped into a ski jump, but that's okay. He's come up with a great plan. They have this weather balloon Just that keep. goes up every night. So Dwayne has agreed to, well, not Dwayne, it's Craig, has agreed to steal the helium tank. That doesn't make any sense. And Frankie Avalon is in a wetsuit. Now, was Frankie Avalon part of the Disney clubhouse? Because I know Annette Finicello was a musketeer. You mean uh, the Mickey Mouse right? Club? I don't think so. I don't think so. Annette was a musketeer. You're right. Yeah. Ah, finally some commercials. Yeah. And the first one is the greatest one. It's Edible Arrangements. Oh, you, well, I was going to send you an Edible Arrangement, so thank you for that business meeting. Thanks, Mike. Well, hey, happy seasons to you and, and the rest of your department. So I had a meeting with Verizon, and they sent me, um, like, Verizon-themed pens for my office. But I thought it was an edible arrangement, and I was chewing it, ink. <laughs> you were eating the pens. So embarrassed in front oh, of my boss. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I got these pretzel sticks from Verizon. She goes, those are pens! The pretzel sticks. So embarrassing. covered in chocolate. <laughs> oh, this one has red jelly. They keep pitching this affordable death plan. Haven't those people died yet? Get their magnetic reading glasses? Enough already. Soon you don't have to look that direction or look out the window. All right, let me tell you something about this movie because uh, we have to watch these stupid commercials. Um, oh. Okay, Gene Corman was the producer, and he is the younger brother of Roger Corman. 
Oh, wow. Oh, who works with Corman, too. Right. So, uh, let's see. This uh, James H. Nicholson and Sam Arcroft saw this movie right. called Girls on the Beach. And Gene Corman was its producer, so they hired him. And they knew Roger Corman, of course. Uh, and Corman hired Alan Rifkin, the director, who's all about TV. And Robert Kaufman was a writer for TV. So Hickman says that Dwayne Hickman says he hit it off immediately with Frankie Avalon, and they decided that they should play the characters like Hope and Crosby, like Frankie would be Crosby. Right. A smart... Like those movies are talking about. Right, and Hope would be the bumbler. And they ought to added a lot of physical stuff with helped a not very imaginative script, he claims. Well, they went so like... They were making movies like twice a year. I mean, it was worse than Marvel movies. They were just cranking them out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't hard to make, right? Yeah. So in 65 in March, it's one week into filming, and AIP were so happy with the rushes that they announced that um, Kaufman and Corman and Rafkin would make a movie called Cruise Party starring these two guys immediately after. And we'll see in the end credits. Will they be a drag? upcoming cruise party movie but because the film bombed they they said screw it we're not doing it and then that movie became boat trip years later what gold you mean gold foot no no did you ever see the horatio sands movie uh boat party with cuba Gooding jr maybe where they they, they they wind up on a gay cruise oh maybe Maybe. Roger Moore's in it. Tell me more. So, well, I think I told as much as I need to say. They wind up on a gay cruise, so they have to pretend they're gay. I think I did see that film, but I just, that's the premise I remember, not anything about the yeah. film and Roger Moore. Yeah, you know, Roger Moore's in it, and uh, I don't know. I've seen that movie so many times, I don't even remember it. So they got turned off because the film tanked, and they're like, "Forget it, we're not making it." But then, like months later, they had a they changed had a change of heart, and they made that Doctor Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine with them. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, that's an insane movie, and I think there's a sequel. It's like you ever see uh, Austin Powers of the Fembots? That's basically yes. the Bikini Machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, so he creates these Fembots in bikinis. So now it's time for the jump, and here goes uh, Freddy, who's excellent at it, and everyone loves it. Da, 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 da. What was the Wild World of Sports theme song? Yeah, it wasn't that. That was uh, the Wildlife Show. That was Mutual of Omaha. Yeah, right. I get the two mixed up. So Dr. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Penvy here now Penny. announces Frankie Avalon who you know they're scared because it's his first time ever jumping. But you and I know he has a helium tank. Right, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Frankie Avalon. Remember the Roxy Music song, Avalon? No. I remember Roxy Music. Avalon. Okay, here comes you the remember jump. The and he pulls the cord. And it's working! Hey. Everything's perfect. Nothing can go wrong. 
Wow, that must have been how much money they spent on special effects for that one. They're blowing air in his suit, I guess. So now they say he's floating. So he went to jump and floated away. And he's smiling like it's a success. So now, wait, is he gonna ever... saying, he's so fat. How did he get so fat? And Dwayne's going, well, he had a big breakfast, you know. <laughs> so now he can't release it. Like, he keeps on getting higher. I mean, look how high he is. He's clearly going to die. Right. So Dwayne is like, pull the rip. No one's depressed. And he's like, I can't find it. But no one else is noticing this. Craig's not going to take this lightly. You know, he wants to action. And so uh, Mr. Pevney is like, well, we'll probably scramble jet fighters and fight, fight, shoot them down. So Craig's going to do it on his own. He shoots Frankie? Yeah, he pops a hole in his balloon. Whoa, popped. Wow. He's blowing. Oh my it's God, hilarity. this movie. This movie's so stupid. It's hilarity. Well, it answers the question what would happen if I shot Frankie Avalon? <laughs> well, Frankie Avalon just now broke his leg. Oh, thank God that's all it was. He goes, It's broken. Okay. So he pulls out a broken ski and goes, You're right, it's broken. Okay, so right now he's in the infirmary, and he's like, I have a date tonight. Can you just put a Band-Aid on it, and I'll come back tomorrow? <laughs> These guys. Boys will be boys. See, Nita promised him spin the bottle. Oh, so he wants to get, yeah. So he's got this huge cast, and he's still going on the date. And, you he know, can't... Craig is like, you're crazy. Don't do that. So he goes, yeah, you can't spin the bottle with a broken leg. You can. Your casket's in the way. You, you kiss with the lips, not the... Uh, they're going to find yeah, a way. Your leg's on the ground. All right. So he's like, make sure you call Linda 10 minutes after I leave and let her know where I'm going. Because that's their big plot. Right. So he calls up and asks to speak to Barbara and does let it know be known where where uh, Frankie Avalon's going. But Barbara doesn't want to talk to her. She's mad. And so he decides he's still going on a date and he calls Freddie. <laughs> Tell she's here. That's cute. Get lost. I'm Catwoman. Get lost. Catwoman was great. She had a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, Dad, I respect you. Fuck, I can do this shit myself. Right. Just like, like the father of a kick ass. 
That's right. Right. Uh, uh, Hit Girl's dad was a cop. Right. Yeah. So. And uh, Kick Ass's dad was Batman. Right? He has to get into character, so he puts on his wig. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Frankie Avalon is really struggling. Todd is really struggling, but he's going on this date, damn it. So he's so struggling that a scary polar bear shows up and he's like, get out of here. (laughs) Oh, this polar bear. Does the polar bear find love? Give me your Coca-Cola. I want your (laughs) Coca-Cola. That's right, the Coke ad. Bye. He's all like, bye, polar bear. Yeah, I get it. Bye. Bye, polar bear. Bye, polar bear. So now Frankie Avalon's in for a rude awakening because he's here to see a Swedish girl, but she's like, I want to be like an American girl tonight. Talk to me. Bring me candy. Then we will talk and hold hands and talk and maybe kiss on the cheek. So it's very frustrating for Frankie, who was about to score, he thought. Yeah. He's all walking on his broken leg to get there. Right. Struggled. He's using a tripod. He's sick. I'll get here. Why am I doing this? Tripod. Tripod. So she goes, we can talk, then hold hands, then kiss on the cheek. And then she goes, what comes next? And Frankie Avalon goes, I don't know. I never got that far. (laughs) Good joke. Here it is. This is not comfortable seats. That girl. Here it is. <laughs> so next- a lot of like sitcom swipes. At, or now it's later that night, and here comes Craig, here comes Nora, and she's in love. She's in love. Her and Freddie, Freddie they're that's pinned. Freddie gave his fraternity pin. That's so, that's so sweet. This movie's taking a turn for the better. Yeah, very funny. Yeah, right. So he's like, but you're a boy, and he's a boy. And he goes, well, we'll work it out. So he's like, you have gone cuckoo. Uh, we're leaving now. So he goes to leave, but Freddy's outside the door, banging on the door because because Todd is in there. What are you doing in there? Oh, there we go. And Nora loves it. He's like, he's so jealous. No boy was ever that nice. Oh, to right. <laughs> and he has to carry the luggage because, as you mentioned, there's no rollers. Right, exactly. They didn't think anything of it because they didn't know any better. 
You just can't. Yeah, they would walk down the corridor and not make a big fucking deal about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nowadays, you gotta like roller. Don't get me started. Wow, he has a broken leg and they're walking on the ledge. Yeah, well, it's it's a script. Even if something like it hot, they didn't have so much peril. Now we're gonna meet a taxi driver, and his name's Dick Miller. And he was in, you know him. Dick Miller. Yes. Yeah, of course. And we saw him in Mr. Gremlins. No, Mr. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff in tons of corners. He was in yeah. a million. Uh, he settled in Los Angeles in the 50s, and he just got noticed by Roger Corman, who cast him in most, seriously, most of his low-budget films. Well, you know, he was a, a good luck charm for Joe Dante. John Dante would cast him in all his movies. Uh-huh. So if you would see, like, for seven consecutive movies, because he was in Gremlins, notably, but he shows up in a bunch of his films. Just gives him, you know, a, a cameo role. Yeah, and, uh, jackpot. That's 20 years tonight. in Corman films. Well, Bucket of Blood is a great movie. He plays this, like, beatnik painter who has, like, no inspiration kills people by mistake and then puts them in sculptures. Puts them in it? Because of the hit. Uh-huh. Yeah, he like, he paper machets the dead bodies. Isn't there a smell? You no, know, he plasters. No, not this, well, no, he gets away with it until the end, but it's it's a really funny movie. It's kind of, he's a beatnik. Okay, now this is really interesting. Here's Mr. Peevney. And he's like, follow that taxi. And he forces Peevney to do it. But the thing is, why does he need Peevney? Why doesn't he just take the motorcycle? Right. Oh, why is he in there? He's tormenting the guy. Now, this is weird, too. Everybody sees them all running off. So they said, quick, get on the bus. It doesn't make any sense. Why do they need to follow they don't need to follow. It doesn't make sense. Now, this movie has had a plot the whole way through, and it has made sense the whole way through. But now, like Michael always says, it's no longer grounded. It isn't making sense. Yeah. I just need a better way to make an Egg, uh, egg McMuffin. Oh, you do? Well, then Hamilton Beach is for you. Is this what they do in New Jersey? If I went to a uh, grill, and they're like, can I get a... a... Taylor ham egg sandwich, please. Yeah, Taylor like, ham yeah, egg and cheese. Get, you don't have that. Get the Hamilton Beach ready. There you go. Get oh, the Taylor Hamilton Jersey Beach fair. ready. Taylor Hamilton. I miss Taylor ham, absolutely. It, it, I don't understand the world doesn't have it. It's it's really, I mean, it's akin to a hot dog. You know, I mean, it's, it's processed meat, and it's the worst part of the uh, pig. And then they put in that um, tangy stuff. You know what I mean? They trick yeah. us into thinking it's good. Uh, and I'm tricked. I love it. Well, you can buy it in a supermarket. You just got to know the trick. You got to cut like a little radius or whatever so it doesn't like curl up. When you Wait, in it. San Francisco you can buy it? I buy like it doesn't say Taylor ham on it, but it's like you know Canadian ham. Isn't that the same? No, Canadian no. bacon is really luncheon meat in a circle. I mean, Mike, you're from Jersey, but I guess that doesn't mean you know Taylor Ham real well. Uh, no, I, I do know Taylor Ham. 
Yeah, I used to go to Dizzy V Diner. Okay, okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's like, well, I already said, it's like processed meat with the, I love it. I love it. And it's not Canadian bacon. So you can't get it in California, right? I mean, why should that only be in It's Jersey? not really. Yeah, it's not really uh, out there. Okay. I don't know. Here. There's some other stuff. I mean. Heat of the, the night. Heat of the night. Yeah, yeah with Archie Bunker. And not and Sidney Poitier. Yeah, not Sidney Look at that. Poitier. Sunday, four hours. Jesus Christ, four hours of this. Well, was it like uh, those characters hated each other in the movie? Well, it was Sidney like Poitier's characters. Yeah, they did hate each Well, they didn't. They grew to like each other, but for most of the film, yeah, they were had a rivalry. Wow, this channel plays four hours of the heat of the night on Sundays? How did they even get this movie? It's a marathon. They must have pulled it like, well, we only played the heat of the night uh, mini marathon. Followed by Designing Women all night. Yeah, right. So they play the heat of the night at night. Oh, yeah. And not too late. They stop at 10 so you can get a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, they know their demographic. Right. Black Friday. Dinner at 5 p.m. So this must have been going to sleep at 10. From these commercials, I'm assuming this, ha this uh, aired in November of 2016, prior to Black Friday. Yeah, and all, yeah, well, I mean, the December, I think it was December because they're like the deadlines on December 7th and it's days away. And for some reason, this well, we channel is Friday, all yeah. about old people. Yeah, well, I mean, old people are going to watch Ski Party in the, in the heat of the night. I guess so. Listen, I would probably think they're showing the movie to, to, uh, twice in a row if I found out it was four hours of it. So now Craig is like, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. I'm not in love with him. Let's go back. And Frankie Avalon is like, not as long as those guys are following us. And now Barbara and Linda are having like a heart to heart and they realize they love the boys and it's their fault they got pushed away. You know, every time he went to kiss her, she just made him feel like a fool. So they're regretting. Right. She doesn't now she doesn't feel like laughing at him. And okay, so now Dick yeah, Miller is Dick Miller. Right. He's he's they're they're gonna owe him five hundred and eighty dollars, which they don't have. That is some cab ride. It must be surging, right? It must be called during surge. I'll drive. The fare, it's up to 475 bucks. And they have oh, no come on, money. that's not fair. Ah, that is fair. <laughs> okay. So that's 1965 money. When there's some big event and we don't see it, we see the aftermath. And we're going to get another one of those uh. scenes. I gotta use the bathroom. I gotta jerk this guy off in a glory hole. Jerk him off. I'm it's sorry. Uh, I mean, six a.m. and they need gas real bad, or she—he's gonna lose them. Uh, it's a uh, it's Arnold Stank from *Mad Mad Mad World*. Right. 
I, oh yeah, they didn't show him get beat up. Right, and where's his one room Batman glasses? Effect. I'm late for let's make a deal. Right. So he's basically they couldn't afford Gary Owens. This is prior to right, his own game show life. Oh wow. I'm gonna be a big star. They took a Greyhound from California to Utah. What's that? They were in Indy. What's that? About Utah? They took a Greyhound from California, yeah, to Indiana, I guess. Right, right. Where's the locations? Where's the locations? It was Indiana, right? Here it is. Yeah. No, it was Idaho. Sun Valley, Idaho. Idaho. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, they show up and uh, Dick Miller's like, hey, the Pacific Ocean. And the other two are, you know, like, oh, is it still there? I mean, it's their neighborhood, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, it looks a little different. I have, I have driven by this area. It didn't move. Is this Ventura Highway, I guess? Yeah, I guess. It's so strange, Carl, because as you said, we grew up in New Jersey, and I don't remember Taylor Ham. But uh, I do know that when you watch movies, especially movies in California, it creates this universe of, wow, this must be what California is like. Uh-huh. You surf during the day and then drive up to the mountains and ski at night. It's like uh, people who've lived here all their lives and they've never gone to Empire State Building or Statue of Liberty. Why would they? You know, that's something yeah. for the tourists. Yeah, like it never crosses your mind. Wow, it's so beautiful. I, I think I've been to this. I mean, it looks familiar. So he's like, what do I, I do with my here. girl clothes? And he goes, take them off and throw them on the beach. That's what he says because yeah, it's set so crazy up guy. later. Just litter, right? You don't think Moon Doggy from Get It is living homeless underneath a? Uh, he'll be happy for clothes. Very possible, and he will be happy. Yeah. Get mm -hmm. it shooting up underneath the pier. Oh, something to wear. It happens. Get it goes to joke. Get <laughs> it rides the horse. <laughs> there was Get It. It was Gidget Goes from Rome, I guess it was the name. Gidget Goes Hawaiian. Or Hawaiian and then Rome. And then there was a TV series with Sally Field. Right, right, yeah. Oh, my, I hate getting off the Greyhound. So you know, wait for all these sexy sense. women to walk off first. It doesn't make sense why these guys chased them all home. It doesn't make sense. But but it's just sort of like they're they arriving and they're happy to do it. Here they are again. Yeah, we're back in the beach, and we got see. That's the thing about the ski houses that you got to wait for the ski guards to come in to sing a number. Yeah. But on the beach, you know, there's rockers happen to be rocking out. Yeah, this is the Hondells. Yeah, they sang our opening song, and now they're singing the closing track called "The Gasser." <laughs> and they're on Serenity we hate beach, Santa Monica. We'll never ski again. <laughs> surfing's up our alley. Surfing's in our blood. Surfing, surfing, surfing. But skiing. skiing. Surfing, surfing, surfing. <laughs> never, gonna never gonna ski again. again. Good surf with my honey. Never gonna, never gonna ski again. Screw that shit. Screw, screw that shit. <laughs> ski with my enemy. Surf with my girl. 
<laughs> Skis for our losers. Skis for our losers. You can't see the bikini. <laughs> they know one dance number. They know it well. Oh, she's slamming her hips. They're just dancing. Yeah, surf, surf, surf. You can't do this in a ski lounge. There's no room to like show up. That dance is that. Funky chicken. I hope they get married afterwards. She's great. She <laughs> would be an idiot not to marry, propose right now. Hey, my turn. They're killing time right now. The film's wrapping up. Oh. You don't have room in an indoor ski lounge to run up in front of the couple and start dancing in front of them. Exactly right. Yeah. You need a beach and a band. Fuck skiing. Now, this film is at an hour 43, and I'm not sure how much okay. time we took in the beginning, but uh, as soon as the credits start rolling, we better wrap up. I don't, I, we got to be That's good. Hours. Fair enough. Well, if for those who are interested to know what happens after the credit, there's a, a free brochure on reverse mortgages. There's no free obligation. brochure on Just no obligation at a very little cost. And, and it's a plan. You can find what plan is right for you. Affordable it's rates. Just, you can call anytime, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah, Monday through Friday, 5 p. Uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So now, you can lower your cost. There's her soul. Let them watch the commercials after. So Linda bears her soul. You know, I missed you and everything. And Frankie says, "Look, it was all a ruse. It was all a ruse. We were girls, and but it got got into a lot of trouble. I broke my leg trying to impress you. Freddie fell in love with Nora. All this trouble. And she's like, "You did that all for me." Yeah. Oh, that saxophone that you hate is playing in the background. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I like With the saxophone. With Smith in the band. No, no. James Brown, it goes honk, 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 honk. That song is terrible. Why do people like that song? Well, I'll hold you in my arms. Honk. Um, it's so jerky and quirky and awkward. It isn't smooth and jazzy and bluesy like so much James Brown is. I, I was, but you know, that song I've heard a hundred million times. Yeah. No disrespect to James Brown. I just heard that song a hundred million times. So any variation, any earlier version, any movie version. Right. I, you know, I will soak up like a sponge. <laughs> he has so many great songs and it just happened to be the one overplayed song. Right. And it's not really over. I don't think that living in America is probably more overplayed for me. You know, mm -hmm. we've had so good. Living oh, I got this in the classic. Right. Wow. Oh, he shows up in Rocky Ford sings that song, right? I don't remember. I saw Rocky Ford. That All right. Okay, wait. This is funny. Wait. Direct TV. But it's yesterday's technology. If you, oh yeah, water won't stop it. You'll still, wind blows, you'll still get no, your all uh, in the snow tonight. You know what it reminds me of is that whatever uh, digital uh, cable they got, 
they probably preempt other commercials and play their own Infinity commercials on it. Have you ever noticed that? Like, if you get, like, a dish, DirecTV will, like, put their own commercials over the really? commercial break. So, so it's like Nutrisystem. Every channel has a Nutrisystem commercial. And Interesting. Like, that's bullshit. Or they'll have a commercial about how DirecTV is better than cable. It's like, that's interesting, you know. Why are you – why hey, do they you do that? Like, we have cable, and there's always the cable commercials. Why would you tell me I already have cable? You know what I mean? Why would you well, tell dish person dish is better? Well, because it's like that AT&T rule about advertising. Like they would advertise a million dollars a day worth of advertising, but everyone has AT&T. Yeah. It's just to say we're in the game. You know, there's only one thing, and that is cable TV. And every day you see an ad for it. And also there's a lot of ads that, you know, instead of having an affordable life plan, they could just slap their commercial on it. Right. Crazy 88. Hey, I'm Joey, Joey. I'm Joey 88. $88 down, $88 a month. Wow. And we have 88 in our 1-800 number. I'm going to call up crazy88auto.com right now. Eight 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 is a toll free number. Why wouldn't they choose eight eight eight? Yeah, or eight six six. That's crazy. Are they on Highway eighty eight off of this Detroit? Oh, check this out. Since we're about to leave, Dell Comics yeah. published a twelve cent comic book version of Ski Party in conjunction with the movie's release. Oh, I want to check that out. I bet it's on the Internet Archive. Oh, that'd be cool. I bet it'd be like Dwayne Hickman, probably illustrated, right? Oh, have like four panels with a song. This film tanked, right? It didn't do well. But yeah. for some reason, Columbia Pictures and Universal Studios Pictures, they made their own snowbound versions of beach party films. Columbia's Winter Ago Go was released four months later. And Universal's Wild Wild Winter was released in January of the next year, which is six months later. So even though, I guess they thought it was going to be a hit while it was getting filmed, and they filmed their own, I guess. That was the trend. We've had enough of the beach, so how can we do the same thing somewhere else? Right, you make a ski. It's a perfect switch, you know. You know how, like, Marvel movies, the second one, they're like, it's everything's depressing. They're like, now it's everything's snow. <laughs> so I put into YouTube search when you told me about this film, Ski Party, but I put in 1964 by mistake. And I just clicked on the first link, and I began to watch this Muscle Beach movie thinking it was ski party and they were going to leave there and go to the beach don rickles was in it and (laughs) oh wow yeah so like this rich lady comes on a boat and takes these muscle this muscle man who you know from hawaii 50 to the boat by chopper and i just started realizing i'm 20 minutes into this film and we still haven't gone to skiing something must be wrong and i looked at the title and i was like i'm an idiot So I wasted a bunch of Was it Beach Blanket Babble? Well, that it's not waste time if you get another Don Rickles in it. Well, Don Rickles wasn't you, doing uh, Rickles' insult humor. He was acting, you know? And um, yeah. Buddy Hackett was the uh, the rich woman's, uh, uh, like, number one. 
and arranging stuff for him, and he was pretty funny. That's pretty cool. Well, I guess, but I quit after uh, 20 minutes. I was like, I mean, I got research to do. I can't be watching beach films. Yeah. Listen, I can't enjoy this for fun. in it. Well, I'm going to go check out Muscle Beach then, because I want to see it. Yeah, what was it called? I'll look in my history here. As we're waiting for the last... This is going to end now, and we just have to get through these commercials. I know. I'm so tired of Oxmo Tax. I don't even want to deal. Yay! Uh, that's it's a called great Muscle party. Beach Party, 1964. All right. I'm going to watch it in my free time. If I, if I don't leave the house today. Okay. Freddy shows up now, and all he wants to know is where the hell is Nora. That's all he wants. Oh, my God. They... This guy ran from fucking Oklahoma over there. It's insane. Idaho, Sun Valley, Idaho, we learned. That is a long greyhound. Hey, guys, have you seen a girl on the beach? I'm looking for a girl on the beach. She's got mod hair. Now, Mike, as wow. you know, we're doing the switcheroo next time. Okay. Yes, I, oh, I know, but hey, well, let's wait till this movie ends and we'll let the audience know. worried, though. We're at one fifty-two. Do you think we spent... Okay, okay. all right. So... Yeah, we're all right. No, 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 let's go ahead. Let's bring it up now. Look, this there's Nora's up. clothes. The red bikini is gone. He lies and said she heard you were coming, so she swam away. She must be, she could probably be to Japan by now. And Freddie believes it. Yeah. Nora! Now watch, does he really go in the water? See? He's an actor, man. He commits. He does. Was he wearing a sweater? Or he must have... Yes. He just came from the uh, snow. Up, oh, fourth wall. Fourth wall. He goes, we'll tell him the truth tomorrow. And now, uh, yeah. Peevney's recording to his psychotherapist and he's saying that the skis have got fatter as he looks at a surfboard it's not funny but he looks pretty cool i like that style so now all's well that ends they were they're back on the beach and yeah and then we're the hanel ski party sucks no more skiing just the surfing waves oh we say goodbye to another true-life adventure and remember the moral of our picture. Skiing sucks. <laughs> Stay tuned for cruise school. We're cruising. We don't know the double meaning. Yeah, there's Robert C. Lewis. Bobby Shaw. Da -da 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 -da. I do like when they show the credits like this. Where they show the now, his name is Aaron Kincaid, but he spells Aaron with only one A. Oh, Arnaud. 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 All right, look at this. They got the New Year's Eve. You can, can't hardly wait. That movie. Oh, my God. You're right. It, was, it must Adaption. be November. Yeah, because they had a Black Friday ad. Uh-huh. Exodus. These are some good movies. I'm going to 
check it out. All right, yeah. there's Leo the Lion saying goodbye. Courtesy of Metro Golden Air, and we are done. There's just more commercials, Carl. What did you yeah. think of Beast Party 1966? It was. I would not. It, it was good for your show. There was lots to talk about. This is not the kind of film I would have checked out. Uh, it was interesting, you know, and it had some. Yeah, I would check it out. James Brown. Yeah, I would recommend it for James Brown and the Flames. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Leslie Gore seeing the Sunshine and Lollipops. It was all right. It was serviceable. It had enough plus wall breaking. Carl, as as we always do, I uh, pick a movie for you to research, and these are movies I read about. But this week we're doing a switcheroo. Yeah. Okay. You have Next a movie week for we me. Will, we will be watching the movie Loving You, 1957, Loving You, starring Elvis Presley. Oh, this is the Elvis Presley movie. You're the best. I'll send you the link. All right. Well, let's. Okay, uh, let's play the trailer. Uh, but if we get cut off at two at four o'clock, uh, thank you guys for listening to LWAFLMOYT. And we, uh, I, there's no really trailer for this, but we're going to watch Elvis Presley next week, and I'll do the research. I'm looking forward to it. Carl, what a pleasure to to watch a movie with you and the, our audience. What a pleasure. Agree. Uh, it was it was agreed. And uh, check Carl out uh, on uh, Zoom open mics, and check me out uh, doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> we're messing you. Uh, all right, guys, that's been our show. Let's watch the full life movie on L L L L A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A A Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! No, it's, it's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! Oh, my turn-offs are guys who say mutiny. Mutiny? Well, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman! Hey! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Mike Spiegelman! Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike underscores. You know, I love going to restaurants downtown, turning your frown around, and like everybody, falls countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumba. Now let's watch a full-length
to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike, you don't have to tell me what those anachronisms stand for. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Yeah, if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, and you might as well, since you're listening, you have to find us by our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, or you can listen to Mutiny Radio FM every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and listen to it first every Sunday on mutinyradio.fm. We love them, and we would love for you guys to donate some money at uh, go to Venmo and donate at Mutiny Radio. Carl, we watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. That is what our acronym stands for. What movie are we watching today? Today we are going to watch Stranded. 1987. Strand, 1987, that is what you put in the YouTube search engine. And the channel we like is Christian Arthur. You might find uh, Muslim Arthur, but we are going to pick for this. Christian Christian Arthur, Stranded, 1987, and we like Christian Arthur. Do you think uh, Christian Arthur is maybe King Arthur? Uh, No, no. I do not. I think oh. that King Arthur was a mythical, was a uh, <laughs> was oh, a just, character. So, do you, but do you think Christian Arthur is the, the the character from the video game Ghosts and Goblins? That is more likely because that is a real person. Well, surprise! They're both fictitious characters. Anyway, so oh. we want you to find Stranded in parentheses, nineteen eighty seven, hosted by our good friend, the aforementioned Christian Arthur. Uh, and when you find it, click the link, hit pause ASAP, push that meter so it says zero, 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 and wait, we have a very special countdown for you. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Mark Yobbs, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Yobbs! Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Mark, you are a big part of the New Jersey comedian community. Wouldn't you say that's true? I mean, if we want to say it's a community, I mean, right now it's more like a cult. <laughs> you know, there's a, what you call, we've all been living in a compound together for, for the past six months and uh, and just doing stand-up comedy for the five of us, you know? Right. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and we, the, Carl, you're the only one we let out into the real world. <laughs> well, I have dealings out here. And I do appreciate that, that furlough that you guys give me. Now, I, you know, I think that you have high hopes for comedy coming up in 2021. Well, I do have high hopes for comedy because we're all going to come out of that compound in the, in the spring and the, the, what do you call it? Because like the pandemic might not be gone, but we'll have the outdoor dining and everything like that. And I think that New Jersey, uh, the New Jersey comedy scene is going to become a lot more prolific mm-hmm. and, and stronger. So I, I definitely want anybody that's a, that's a comic or a non-comic either way to come out and uh, like go to, just go to shows. I don't care if it's mine. I'm not even sure if I'm going to get any. Get deep in comedy. And speaking of your shows... I, myself, personally have the distinction, I gave you your first real gig. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if you gave me my first. My first real gig was uh, was given to me by my ex-girlfriend out of pity four months in. Uh-huh. Uh, but but uh, you gave me my second real gig. Okay. Uh, about three or four months later. And uh, and that was, that was, that was, oh, thank you. I want to say thank you for sure. Uh, but you did say I was going to have seven to ten minutes. And you lit me two minutes in. 
And I was like, I was so new that I had no idea that like, I thought that I had just been bombing for fucking 10 minutes. <laughs> it was a big and, and then you were trying to get me, get me the hell off of there. So I panicked <laughs> and, and I had to, th- I, I went back Jeff to material I didn't want to do. I was very embarrassed about that. That was a big mistake. And then I waved you on, like, keep going, keep going. Like, I just threw up. Somebody else, somebody else waved me on. Somebody else waved me on. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, no, it was all Carl. It was all Carl. It was all Carl. (laughs) I I still haven't lived that down, but I'm on, I'm trying my best. Now, people can find you online uh, at Facebook, you're Mark Yobbs. At Instagram, you're at Mark Yobbs, no space. And on Twitter, you're this. Yobs, T-H-I-S-Y-O-B-S. Absolutely. Uh, you can you could follow me on those things, but I mean currently there's not too much content going out, but I'll get you something once every five, five to seven months. That's what I'll do for you. <laughs> you come and see me. And we'll be uh, uh, lukewarm, lukewarm as far as the funny is concerned. But it, it... understood. Okay. So I'm a big fan of Luke. Okay, how about <laughs> you count us down uh, for our big movie today and everyone at home will press play at the same time as us here in the studio go all ahead right. mark yobs all right here we go three two one press it wow i can't believe you had the pope uh, introduce this that is a very special countdown <laughs> yeah because of covid reasons i could not fly to the vatican for it Oh, yeah. Well, they've been harassing you. Like, come on. You're like, no, I can't. It's the COVID. Here we go. Right off the bat. The fly. <laughs> Look at that font, right? That tells you what yeah. year it is. That's the fly font. Ooh, Ioni Sky. Yep. So, wait, how old is she? Oh, Joe Morton. No shit. She's 16 years old in this film. And, yeah, Joe Morton. He must be about 46 years old. And run die. He's a cop. And this house. Right. Or this scary house. Listen to that music. Brendan Hughes? Is that house music? Gary yeah, Swanson. House music. <laughs> Wait a minute. Lee Flea? And Flea. Yeah. And Spice Williams? Mm-hmm. Wow. So we, is Flea like a teenage buddy who like gets uh, vortex into something? You, you've seen this film. That's exactly right. He's the friend of the love interest. Does he grimace? And then before he dies, he's like, what the? Oh. And you see his gap teeth? <laughs> That's every Flea movie, right? Back to the future. Guys, when they flick him. <laughs> right, they flick the Flea. So this movie was so low budget that they had Maureen Sullivan play the music. Oh, well, that's good. It's authentic. This looks like Barry Lydon. Uh, Remember that movie, uh, that Stanley Kubrick movie where it was shot with all natural lighting? You hear that old-timey ring, man? Miss that. Miss that. Oh, yeah. The rotary phone by your bed. And just like the old days, she's going to let it ring 11 times. <laughs> Wait a minute! Your Twitter handle is Carl underscore it's underscore eleven times. Right, exactly. Coincidence? Well, it's eleven times for eleven. Ro- r- 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 never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Ooh, Tex Fuller. Right. Fuller now shit. his name is really Fleming B. Fuller. Oh. And he was a documentary maker. 
um, and he was trying to break into Hollywood, and he did. Yeah. So Texas is Hollywood, man. Yeah, the thing is, he's from North Carolina, not Texas. Uh, but his nickname is Tax, and that's what he put on the on the title of this film. So this is a this is Maureen Sullivan, who you might remember from uh, Bonzo Goes to College. She is back again. That's probably how I bumped into this movie is is looking her up. And um, here's Ione Sky, of course, who's on the phone, but like a boy. Okay. Oh, and, is it Adam Horowitz? <laughs> that's a good call because they got married later. It is not Adam Horowitz. It's a boy <laughs> she is not interested in. Tell him I'm busy, Grandma. You know, he's a very nice boy. That's why I don't like him. Don't be so dumb. Oh. Yeah. You know, my Skype handle is Ioni Skype. Ioni Skype. Very good. Yeah. That's if really I clever. Skyped. People say, I don't understand. I go, whoa, you must be under 45 years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, this is before uh, she would go on to do Say Anything. That really, I wouldn't That was her big movie? I think so. I mean, that was the one that she, she every after that, she got into Wayne's World and, and um, One Night Stand and she had a recurring role on development. Of course, I'm jumping way ahead, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This film was prior to that. Now, one thing you don't know about her, maybe you do. She is the daughter of Donovan. Oh, uh, uh, they call me Mellow Yellow Donovan. They, yeah, that's right. They call him a folk singer, but really, that was the hit. They call me Mellow Yellow. Now, she really didn't know him growing up. Uh, she, he, you know, he was in, uh, um, uh, England and, you know, he's Scottish, uh, with some Irish ancestry, but, um, she did not grow up in England. She grew up in America. Huh. Do you think if she grew up in England, they would nickname her Tex? <laughs> yes. Now, if, look what's happening behind the house. There was a crash. Some yeah. sort of crash. Whoa. Uh-oh, so they got stranded? So they got stranded. <laughs> Is this stranded? Well, that's the funny thing. It's like they're stranded, but then at the end of the film, the guy is like, the guy's name's Prince. He's like, I'm out of here. And he just flies away. Were they really stranded? I don't get that. They were stuck in suburbia. Mm. It's, a, it's a metaphor. Well, this is a rural farmhouse in North Carolina. It's not a suburbia. Huh. So Ioni's freaking out, but um, uh, Maureen, so. okay, I should say that Ioni's name is Deirdre and uh, Maureen's name is Grace, Grandma. So Grace is the one who's completely calm and she'll even get like a 12 gauge. <laughs> Suddenly they You're hear that like someone's in the house. Uh-huh. North Carolina hospitality. <laughs> now, Fleming B. Fuller, Tex Fuller, he is from North Carolina, and that's probably why it's in this setting. It was really filmed in Los Angeles. Oh, interesting. I was going to say, maybe he shot it on location. Yeah, and Maureen shot it. <laughs> oh, I can't shot, think of a good She's got her gun. She's got a shotgun. People will get shot. Oh, good. 
This isn't one of those movies where they show a gun in the first act and they don't fire it off in the third. No, no, there will be firings right away. So they were going to go downstairs because she, Maureen brings her balls with her wherever she goes. But then there was this eerie, weird-ass blue light. And she's yeah, like, I saw that. that. Let's hide in your room. It's something called television. I'm a scared. Phone's dead. Oh, no. But Damn, why? AT&T. Why would the phone be dead? Well, because in 87, they busted up the... Uh, the yeah, they made baby bells. Yeah. So I guess it would be Southwestern Bell in North Carolina in 87. Yeah, and they sucked. <laughs> well, oh, come on. No, the phone was reliable. You got a dial tone? Look at that. You got a rave in the other room. There's a rave going on. It is Los Angeles. No, it's North Carolina and the the Director's name is Tex. Does he get it? I don't get that. Texas, Texas, not North Carolina, and he doesn't have any association with Texas that I know of. Yeah, um, but you know, people will say like you know, derogatory nicknames like "you're Southerner," "you must be Tex." Might have, might have hung on. I don't know. It's, I think it's an honor. How many famous Texas are there? Is Tex Cow? Tex Ritter? There's Texas. There's Texas. <laughs> There's textile. Okay. Texaco. <laughs> now, who should show up but a faithful victim? A, a, a faithful, faithful, if that's what I said. Yeah, no, you said faithful. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> I'm um, here to get slaughtered by an that, alien. That, oh, wait, I got yeah. hey, I got I got buffering problems. <laughs> buffering problems. We don't need that, man. I'm on 819 and just stopped crapped on me. All right, I'm paused. Damn it. Sorry, audience. Now I got a commercial. Okay, so you tell me when you get to 840 and I'll press play. Okay, perfect. I'm using my phone. I had to use a different... uh... Uh, This is Kevin Haley. He's playing Jerry. And he's about to die, so he's out of this film. He was in Satisfaction in 88, Fear in 1990, Steel America in 92. I had never heard of those movies. That might be why he quit acting to become an interior designer in 94. All right, hang on. I have 840 what? 40. I got 10 seconds. Give me a sec. Count me up now, and our audience. Oh, recording? So four, three, two, one, zero. Eight forty. Now, why would you say zero? Zero, <laughs> zero is the one I want to do. I mean, because I'm counting down. Did you say eight four zero or eight four eight? All I know is I'm running. That's all you know. I'm That's a clear. Eight. I am disappointed in you as usual. It is now. I'm going up at nine. Yeah, me too. Okay. Okay, so something's wrong. He comes back to the pickup to get a gun, and his father's like, I'm coming with you. So everyone senses something evil. Yeah, yeah, you can feel it in the air. Well, I don't know if it's evil, but it's mysterious. It's weird. I mean, it's outer-worldly. It's wow, it's now. It's what the kids call hip. Okay. 
Do you think this is the invasion of uh, basic cable in the rural neighborhoods? I get my TV through an antenna. Rabbit ears. Yeah. I did for years. Okay, so they enter the house, and what should they see? But this weird guy. Yeah. With a that, flashlight. That is her name is Queen. Yeah, and she's got a special flashlight. It's like Jerry, look out! And there's Flea. Boom! They're Whoa. scared. So they shoot Queen. They shoot. But they get laser beams. So Flea's like a supernatural being to begin with. Supernatural is the wrong word. These are aliens, you know? They don't have supernatural powers. They're just from a different place. Oh. Okay, so it's totally natural to fly to another country, a uh, planet. Supernatural means metaphysical Super powers. Ordinary. It means godlike powers. They don't have that. They got guns. They got spaceships. Oh, all right. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Why did we lock ourselves in the room? So he's pissed. His name is Vernon, and he's the father, and his son is dead. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. I'll kill you. So he drives his son away. I'm not sure. I guess right. he's scared or whatever. But something is amiss. Something is afoot, and he just lost his son. Wow, that's pretty intense, dude. They already have a body count in this movie? They already have a body count of one. Right. And how many bodies have we seen so far in this movie? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of bodies dropping in this film. Oh, they're going to be dropping the floor? What's the bodies drop the floor? Oh, that's some song or something. Yeah. Right? It's right, like Rage right. Against the Machine. Yeah, well, it won't be uh, – the most rage we're going to get here is those lights, but uh, we're definitely going to have some murder victims here. All right, so I think I got an idea of what our alien uh, stranded people are like. They're gothic. They're a little – they're more gothic. Now, than look, that is Warrior, and she takes the gun. Whoa. She, she also took Spider-Man's costume. She absolutely did, and she put glowy lights in it. Now, she's a stunt woman in real life. You, it's What's unfortunate for her is she's got a good part in a movie here, uh, and you'll right. never see her face. It's actually Deep Roy in costume. That's right. It's Deep Roy. <laughs> no, her name is Spice Williams Crosby, and she's a little bit famous for being a, a, a stunt woman. But she's also has 20 years in TV and film like she did. She was in Liar Liar and Spider-Man and Spider-Man in 2002. Do you think they were wow. got her because of this part? Yeah, she already had the costume. Look at Queen. Queen is deathly shot. And Flea is upset. That's Flea? I couldn't even tell. Now look at them. They look like a goth. Uh, no, that's, what's the way? It's like... Like Nostradamus. David Bowie and the Spiders from Mars or something. They don't – see, right now, Sky is like, I can't believe it. They're really here. But I don't see aliens. I see people. Well, they're kind of pale, right? They uh -huh, got long pale. hair. Yeah, with five fingers, right, yeah. Right. You no, know, and they're symmetrical. You know, they got an arm on this side. <laughs> they got a nose. 
They got what set of genitals? I don't see what the problem. They got buttholes. They're well, aliens. The truth was this uh, script uh, was modified and changed by the producers. They wanted to make the aliens look much more human to be sympathetic to audiences. Uh, so the producers made that change. These producers brought us uh, Teen Wolf at this point. Uh, later, they'd bring us Critters. Listen, I got to tell you something about Teen Wolf. That movie is terrible, uh-huh. right? Whatever hard, wonderful memory you have of that movie and the sequel, you watch it again and you're just like, these kids are just like desperate for beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I got to get beer. But what's funny is the actress playing Queen, who's lying on the floor, her nickname yeah. is Flea. What? You mean the actress's nickname is Flea, and she plays with Flea? Yeah, that's, that's right. Flea, right? And he's holding her hand right now. She was this uh, creepy old witch in this movie called Pumpkinhead in 1988. Ooh. Sure. I- I'm familiar with Pumpkinhead. She served the country in World War II in Washington, D.C. for the military intelligence. And, uh, nice. Yeah. But her nickname is Flea, and I thought that was, you know, her, her dad gave it to her or something. Now she's dying. Uh, oh, she did. Do you think Tex got her, his nickname from his dad, or maybe he just. He did, I like, a don't know. I don't know. If I ever interview him, I will discover. That will be one of my first questions. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Whoa. So we spend a lot of time on Queenie. Are you alive or not, lady? She is dying. And what we're going to find here is it's a little less scary when you see that. Oh, she's dead. Wait. No, she's not dead yet. She. Oh, time to change the reel. Oh, time to change the reel. I got the little marker okay. in the corner. Give me one second. Oh, oh, hang I on. Gotta, yeah, I got to Carl? <laughs> Carl, you did that, right? During the 80s and 87, you were working in a movie theater. No, I didn't do that part. No, I didn't change the reels. I was. You were like, hey, kids, stop making out. I'm the usher, see? <laughs> right, I was the usher, and I did encourage making out. I was 22-something. Dude, were they like... We need your quarters. The Will Rogers Institute would love for you to donate today. Ushers are walking through the aisles to take your donation. Luckily, I never had to do that neither. Now, there's Vern. He went and got the cops, and he is bitter. He wants justice. He wants revenge. Uh, And he knows, well, they killed his son. And he knows he saw Spider-Woman do it. Right? So they're like aliens right. to him. So well, that's true. Superman was an alien. Therefore, all superheroes are aliens. Now, she's our Star Trek conne- connection, Spice Williams Crosby. She was in Deep Space Nine, but she was also in the movie Star Trek V. So. Oh, that's a good one, right? No, that was a sucky one. They went that home. was a sucky one, number five. Okay, so what's happening here is the sheriff's not here yet, okay? So, um, let's see here. Hold on. Where's his name? Here it is. No, it's not. Okay. What you got? Sergeant. His name is just Sergeant in the film. He's like, we're going in now. And he gets Officer Sweeney. 
Um, he pretty much is about to get Sweeney killed and uh, Officer Roberts to like go around back and kick in the door and it's going to lead to more mur more death. How is that possible? Though they look kind of like Vanilla Sky, don't you think? Galen? Yeah, yeah. Now this is Prince, and we're getting a no. I can't say a human connection. It's not human, but we're getting a connection. Now what's funny is in real life, Ioni Sky had a crush on Prince oh. in his makeup when he was in his makeup. But when he was out of his makeup, really? not so much. You look like Martin Short in one of your many character forms. I'm in love. Wait a minute, you're not Martin Short. His name is Brendan Hughes, and he was in Outla Outland. You remember oh, the okay. Sean Connery film? Yeah, sure. He was in Outland as dancer in Leisure Club sequence. Oh yeah, I remember that. Then the sheriff shows up with a shotgun in the farm in the moon uh, colony. He's like, everyone stop exactly. dancing. You make me feel. What happened, sheriff? What's going on? Space aliens are showing up at high noon. This is probably his biggest role because it's all like that. He was in 1990. He was in Bad Influence as Arguing Man. Bad Influence. Bad Influence. Was that the one with uh, Larry Fishburne and Jeff Goldblum? I don't remember. It didn't. I don't think it's you cover. Okay, so they're at the back door. <clears throat> now here is um, here is Sergeant being a, you know, a big bossy. No he's one's like, gonna stop me from dancing. Gets to come out. He's like he's like the being a dumb hick is what he's doing. No one's gonna stop me from dancing on this moon colony. Oh, well, no, that's a different guy. He, this guy, oh. the Bone Collector. He was in Vice Squad in '82. Uh, not much bone else. Collector. Jeez, Bone Collector. Yeah, it's a deep dive. That movie lived up to his premise. There was a guy who collected bones. Bone Collector wasn't that the one where um, Denzel was uh, like crippled or something? And uh, was it? Uh, he was a taxi driver. No. It was Ashley Judd, and, and right? I don't think so. I think Bone Collector was was a cop film, uh, sort of like a forensic evidence kind of film. Was, was Queen Latifah in that? I don't know, but right now, uh, Sweeney has died, and no. Byrne is taking matters into his own hand and just doing a shotgun into the house. He knows there's hostages in there, but he wants revenge for his son's death. Man, he's like John Wick. I well, except John Wick had some skills. <laughs> John, you would have been dead by that point. <laughs> oh, there we go, blackout. Stranded will be back after these messages. Now here's Joe Morton, and yeah. he is our sheriff, but he's African American, and some people don't like that. Oh, in this movie, he's getting buffed. He's the sheriff. Joe fucking Morton. That's right. He's, What's wow. going on here? Who gave the order to go in before I arrived? They're all pissed. Sweeney's dead. Did you call his wife? He goes, yeah, my wife's over there now. 
Sweeney was interesting because he partnered with Nicolas Cage in making Saturn films in 95. So he worked on a lot of uh, Nicolas Cage stuff. And now he's dead. He's out of the movie. Really? Oh, oh no, dead in, in movie life. In the movie, he's gone. Just like, uh, I mean, they're going to drop so, like flies. You'll see. So we so far we have Sun's dead and Sharky's dead. I don't know who Sharky is, but Sweeney. Sweeney, Sweeney, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sun is dead and Sweeney is dead and Queen is dead. Right. Do we count Queenie? She's not Queenie now. She's royalty. She is Queen and she is dead. We count her. Long live the Queen. She ain't no human being. That's right. That's right. But she didn't live long. She's an alien. Who landed in North Carolina? North Carolina. Now, Vern, he's trying to console Vern and ask him what happened and stuff, but Vern is, will have none of it. You know, he's just pissed off and he wants revenge. And later he'll start dropping the N word on Joe Morton. Jesus. Yeah. Here's my, here's my impression of me trying to uh, uh, calm down Vern. Okay. Hey, Vern. <laughs> trying to console Vern. Hey, Vern. Yeah, well, Joe Joe Morton is a tough, no-nonsense cop in this, and his calming down Vern was stuff like, shut up! <laughs> Keep it down! Here he is. If you don't take care of it, I will. Who's gonna drive you home now, Mr. Burdett? <laughs> What are we listening for? Uh, just because Joe Morton's a gruff cop and, and he's taking no nonsense, even though this guy just, his son just died, you know? Uh, Joe Morton took this role because it was a strong African-American role and he wasn't doing that sort of film and he wanted to. Um, he was in Brother from Another Planet, I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, it's a great movie. So he had connection to, it was important to him to be highlight that he was African-American and also he knew this was New Line Cinema. He knew he'd get a lot more exposure. I mean, this was pre-Terminator. You know, he he, right. was, uh, he, he was looking to, to, to make a name for himself here. Do you think that's his breakout role, Terminator 2? Uh, let's, oh, I think that brother from another... Okay, yeah. Terminator 2. He was also in Speed. He was also in well, I'm fast forwarding now. He was in Payback, okay. an American gangster. But back in the day, he was in Speed uh, as the police lieutenant. Brother from Another Planet really was the thing that stuck out yeah. for him. Oh, he's great in that movie. That's a great movie, but he's terrific. I noticed him first in Terminator 2. Um, yeah. He was in Blues Brothers. He played the Cab Calloway. Oh no, no, no! Character. He was in Blues. He was in Blues Brothers 2000, which I saw in the theater. Right. The, yeah, less said the better. Terrible film, but he played. He didn't play Cab Calloway. It was a character based on him. Uh, it was. The, he was the son of Cab Calloway. He uh -huh. was a police. He was a police chief who was going to chase the new Blues Brothers down, and uh, but. They want him to join the band just because his dad was Cap Calloway. Mm -hmm. And at a, a certain moment, he sees the light and like, I don't know if they're uh, 
the church or the performance, but something, and he gets an epiphany and he, he like flies up in the air, Joe Morton, and he looks into the camera. He's like, I finally get the concept of it. Oh my God, look what he's doing. Well, okay, Queen is dead. And what these aliens do for some reason is when somebody dies, they, they zap them and sure. they disappear. And all it's doing is freaking out the cops. Well, yeah, I mean it's unauthorized. They should be at a mortuary. Now this is a, this is a residential. Wow, cool. Do you know it's amazing? They use no special effects in that scene. Really? It was just the light. Uh, yeah. Then they cut the camera and the. Now Spice Williams, she, uh, Spice Williams Crosby. She's like really into bodybuilding and nutrition. She's a third degree black belt. She's a vegan. She wrote a lot of books on this, uh, music, dance, and she switched to acting. But her stunt work, you know, she made use of her martial arts, you know, and her athletic prowess. Uh, she's into fitness. Oh, she has two master's degrees and a PhD, and it's all around fitness and holistic nutrition and health sciences. Um, she was in Dust Till Dawn doing stunts. Oh, nice. And I mentioned Spider-Man in 2002. It was also stunts. She was in Mission Impossible 3 doing stunts. Uh, she's for real, but she's our Star Trek connection because there's one every show. Not on purpose. Right. That's just how it shapes up every time. Who would have thought? But it, but it didn't joke. happen for Bonzo, right? No, there was no one. We were close, weren't we? Like there must have been some like old timey actor who appeared on uh, Star Trek who might have been on. The closest we got was Lost in Space for that film, uh, right? Which is close. Now, Ioni Sky got this role because they liked her in River's Edge in '86. She had no wow, right. training. Um. And it kind of shows in this film. She's a little flat. River's Edge with Crispin Glover. All right, so they're just going to hang outside? Till well, I day. mean, there's action. Right now, he was chewing out the um, uh, chewing out sergeant for getting Sweeney killed. We're going to follow procedure from now on. He's he's uh, using his bullhorn to, you know, know. Grace, are you okay? You know, give me a sign if you're, or it's it's Mrs. Clark. He's saying. So this is Flea Flea, right? As Prince. No, that's Flea right there. Yeah. And Flea is more like a monkey. I'm serious. He's more like a pet. Uh, the other ones are very human esque. There's Flea being Oh, there's that smile. There's that smile. Can you see the tooth? Did you see the gap? Yeah, there's the gap. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. Now, Flea's done a lot of acting. Yeah, Um, yeah. Oh, sure. Suburbia? Yeah. Yeah. And Private Idaho, Back to the Future, 2 and 3. It was noodles. Right. They cramp them in. They shoehorn them in. Suddenly, like Marty McFly had a villain. Oh, not noodles again. Every time I have to listen, it's always about noodles. Who the fuck is noodles? There was no noodles mentioned in the first movie. 
Well, he was the boss, like, uh, not the boss, but he was like, send the facts. What are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. He sent the facts. He goaded Marty McFly to send that fax, and that fax ruined their family. It was so, like... Yes. Yeah. He's been in over 20 films and TV, you know, series. Oh, this is interesting. He met River Phoenix in Private Idaho in 91, became his very, very good friend, and he rode in the ambulance with River Phoenix the night he died. Yeah. Wow. He was in Son-in-Law with your favorite... uh, Paulie. Yeah, and he was in the Big Lebowski. That is credit. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, that's yeah, the nihilist. I think it's that's street cred. Yeah, that's right. He was one of the nihilists. We believe in nothing. They threw a ferret or a varmint. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. Oh my God, this is the other alien. Well, this is Prince once again, and yeah. he's. He's having a connection with Ioni. It's a little forced, but uh, it's never going to materialize. Well, there's a there's one scene in which there's some diddling. I'll show you that later. <laughs> oh, there's some diddling? Yeah. Space diddle. So they he, came. He wants, they came, they diddled. He's the one who wants... Uh, you know, her to communicate with the cops and he wants everything to get cool. And meanwhile, Warrior's trying to shoot everybody and sure. he's got a cool head. Now, he just lost his mom. Um, let's see what's going on here. Yes. She explains now that they're not people. Oh, okay. Call the loony bin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the acquirer. The natural acquirer. Right. Yeah, yeah, you want the truth. Now, this had a nice $3 million budget. It did not make its money back. But I don't blame the movie as much as it was a very limited release. It's not, you know... Recently, we've watched some movies that are pretty bad in terms of their plot, right? The plots right. make no sense. Yeah. Now, well, this we, we plot that... makes mo- – it's more reasonable. Now, I wish that they hadn't made the aliens so human-like. It would have been much more interesting if they were – I mean, only Flea has – Flea's got, like, a thumb and two fingers. Like, he's not a – he's some sort of monkey or something, and he befriends Grace. You watch plenty of Star Trek where the aliens are basically humanoids. Yup, yup. Hate that. Oh. Okay, there you was one the... Star Trek, and they had an alien called the Horta. Oh, change the real. And it was in. What? You got to change the real. Change oh, the real. Yeah, I've been, okay, hold on, audience. I'll be right back. Yeah. Mike's gonna get a an ad. Okay, I want to talk about this guy. Now what we're having is the two African-Americans together sort of saying like, you know, like, uh, you know, we got – I got your back. Uh, Sergeant's not going to be happy because you got got the job over him. But what's interesting is this guy's name – this guy's a singer. He's an R&B artist. 
and his name is Harry Caesar, but he went by the name of Little Caesar as a singer. He had a big hit in the R&B charts called Goodbye Baby in the 1952. He had 11, 11 singles. That's crazy. Yeah. And he just shows up in this alien movie in North Carolina. Well, he's old now, you know? I mean, yeah. this is 35 years after his fame, something like that. But you might like it because he was in Electric Boogaloo 2. He was in Breaking 2, Electric what? Boogaloo. Huh. Was he a doctor? Was he a... I don't know. He played doctor? Byron, whatever that means. Lots of TV. Uh, he was also in Roadside Profits, that one with... Uh, oh, Timothy, sure. Um, Putton. That's the one with uh, John Smith from uh, X... It's really neat that he was an R&B singer in the 50s, and he had, you know, he did have, he made 11 singles, and they got success, but he did have a big, okay, so now we have a touching scene in which she's going to get touched. Well, yeah, the, the joke is she named them both Bob. That's the joke. Oh, 80s Bob reference. So we find not that Bob with the pipe. No, not yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So here he finds a family picture, and we learn that her parents were killed in a car accident, and that's how that's her backstory and why she's there with Grace. Oh, right. That's why she lives with Marine Sullivan. Right, and now we talked a lot about her. Uh, I don't know if we should go over it again if there's regular listeners it, she's the one who did the tarzan series uh, right that's right with johnny johnny bushmiller weiss mueller right exactly yes. and uh she's mio mia farrow's mom and we talked about dear prudence and she has seven children and she was in a day at the races with the marx brothers yeah it's all coming back to me she got bit a lot by that chimp in, uh, <laughs> in the Tarzan gone. series. She oh, I thought she was, yeah. I well, don't she know if she Bonzo. got bit in Bonzo. I don't know. Bonzo didn't bit her writer once. As he said, Bonzo was a complete gentleman on the set. But uh, Flea, who acts like a monkey in this film, did a bit of biting. Okay, so now Prince is like, I like this girl. So he's going to put the whammy jammy on her and then diddle her. Oh, really? He's offering, like, this is an exclusive rock. I only give it to the women I love. Yeah. He's like, like, watch the watch. You are getting sleepy. So the one time Maureen Sullivan doesn't play against a monkey or uh, a bonzo. That, she has to play against Flea, who pretends he's a monkey. She took this film because it was a departure from her roles. I mean, she had just been in that Woody Allen, Hannah, and her sisters. She'd oh never God. been in a film like this. Like, you know, no, nothing doing with anyone involved in this movie, director included, but it doesn't come across to me as like a theatrically released film. It comes across as a DVD of his time or, you know. No, it was, it, it was serious. Now we're having the coolest part of the movie. They're flashing back. I was teasing about the diddling. What's really happening here is <laughs> that diamond. You see that foot? Yeah. Those are the bad guys. The diamond is letting her know their backstory and uh, why they came here. They were on their planet. They're royalty. An assassin is after them. They're in the middle of a war, and they escaped 
uh, to a planet in which they could sort of breathe on. Um, this is, it's, a, it's about being sympathetic. It's about understanding that they're not there to harm. They're actually trying to escape harm. And one of the nice things about humanoid aliens is that the reason why they're humanoid is because they breathe oxygen. No. Yeah, I mean, that's so it makes sense. No, it does not make sense. Because you breathe oxygen doesn't mean you have an ankle. It doesn't mean you have a knee. I mean, yeah, you got a face, a nos two nostrils to breathe it. If you grew up on an another planet, if you evolved here, they're zipping through space and they're getting. This looks pretty cool. Yeah, this looks good. We finally got away from the house. Yeah, that's Dad, by the way, and his name is Sir. He's not King. He's Sir, and uh, he was in Sixteen Candles. I don't know as who. He played Paul Dooley. I don't think so. I think Paul Dooley had the role of Paul Dooley. Oh yeah. He was in Chaplin. He was in a um, American Playhouse in 1980. He's 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 a real actor. Dennis Vero is his name, and of course he's going to drop like a fly. Yeah, we can't have nice things around here. So now Maureen Sullivan's going to get the whammy jammy, and she, uh oh, it's a lynch mob. What really, North Carolina? <laughs> it must take a picture. Everyone's got to pick up. I'm blocking this road. You can't come in here, Vernon. Look, we don't want to cause you trouble. We just want to be there. I'm going to console Vernon. Hey, Vernon. I like that joke. Oh, okay. So I'll be with you, too. All right. That joke's a little low-key. I call it a soft punch. Hey, Vern. <laughs> Nobody's roaring in the aisles. One man. There's no aisles. Don't worry about it. It's a pandemic. Speaking of Isles, that's how Sky got her name, Ioni Sky. Her real name, she's she doesn't use her last name. Uh where is it? Here it is, Deirdre Clark. So Rivers Edge, Say Anything, Wayne's World, Zodiac, Twilight Zone, recurring role on Arrested Development. Okay, so She's the her name is Ioni Sky Leach. Leach, apparently. That's Donovan's last real name. Her name comes from the Isle of Sky. So there are Isles in this film. Oh, I got you. Wow, that's a lot. I didn't realize that. Isles her name Ioni came from they asked Donover, Donovan, the name, and he said, I only could think of that name. <laughs> Ioni a name. Her parents were separated at the time of uh, her birth, and she Yikes. was raised by her mom. Her mom grew up in the Bronx. That's maybe why they went to uh, America, although she grew up in Los Angeles and San Francisco. She spent a little time in Connecticut. Uh, she went to Hollywood High, like uh, wow. so many stars. Sure. Nicholas Coppola? Nicholas K. Yeah, Coppola. That's right, at the time. Okay, so now we're all right, Sheriff. She says, look, Sheriff, I want you to come in the house, okay? It is it is a hostage situation, but it's safe, and don't bring a gun. <laughs> oh, that old trick. The negotiator. Mm-hmm. 